Welcome to my podcast about sea caves, where we're, ha- where we're caving in to teaching you all about wonderful Latoro Caves. I'm your host, Porter Isaacs, and with me today is sea cave extremist, Dr. Hunt. Why, hello there, Porter! Thank you for having me on this amazing podcast. No problem. Anytime. So, Dr. Lund, what exactly is a sea cave and how are they formed? What a wonderful question. Sea caves are formed through the wave action of the sea. The primary process involved is erosion, actively forming along coastlines. Many years ago, some of the largest wave-cut caves of the world in Norway are 100 or more feet above the sea level today. So these caves that are 100 feet or more above sea level, are they still classified as sea caves? Yes, as weird as that sounds, a sea cave is still a sea cave, whether it's 100 feet or anything below it. It is still classified as a sea cave because it was formed by the sea. Thank you. Now we can move on to our next topic about our best-known sea caves. Now, you've explored a lot of sea caves in your past. What are the most best sea caves that you've explored? I've seen loads of sea caves, but one that had that had seriously caught my eye was the Blue Grotto, founded in Capri, Italy. Why does this certain sea cave, the Blue Grotto, catch your eye differently than the other hundred sea caves you've seen? The reason the Blue Grotto caught my eye was because when the tides are low, there is a pinhole-sized entrance, and when the light hits the passageway at the right angle, the sun causes the waters inside the cave to glow a kind of turquoise bluish. Hmm. Intriguing. Now to our third topic, dangers of sea caves. Since you have told us all about the wonders of sea caves, are there any dangers to exploring these sea caves? Well, why yes, Porter, there are many sea cave dangers to be on the lookout for. For instance, since it being a sea cave, it is most likely to be slippery everywhere. And if you are stuck in a sea cave while the tide starts rolling in, then the strength of the waves will send you back. Send you back? They'll send you back, dude. They'll send you back to the... Do you know this from experience? Sadly, yes. I was treading down in... Matinica, sorry, I have a hard time saying this cave. A, uh, is it a big cave? Oh yes, absolutely. So we can like identify it as big cave. We'll just say we. I was in a very big cave. Right. It's about a thousand five hundred forty meter cave off the coast of New Zealand. When I was looking for samples on rock minerals, and I knew the tide was coming in. When I almost was done, the wave swept me by the feet, causing me to shoot back to the cave i had hit my head on the rock and later found myself stranded on a beach for two years wow that must have been a very emotional time for you on that island don't want to talk about it oh let's move on to our fourth topic then (laughs) the influences of the size of the sea cave what influences the size of a sea cave dr what It all depends on the host rock, whether it's a metamorphic, igneous, or sedimentary. In order to form a sea cave, it must first form a weak spot. In metamorphic or igneous rock, it's either a fault. In sedimentary, it's a contact between layers, different hardness. Well, yes. Thank you for talking to us about sea caves, Caden. We are coming to the end of our podcast. 
and I have learned so much from you. I would like to have you on one of my next episodes later in the future about some more sea cave interesting facts. Are you going to keep adventuring sea caves for as long as you can? Keep adventuring? How could I stop? The wonders of the world sea caves are remarkable. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Good night, America.